We're going through some of the craziest times ever. Appreciate life when it's good. Uh, uh, uh. Tell me why you gotta leave me now. But I'm getting through these tough times when you're not around. Like a rose coming up, running ground. Running ground, yeah. Running ground, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Indie Music Money Podcast with your host, Rob Boss from Boss Management. Uh, This podcast is where I break down um, different revenue streams within the music industry. My plan is to go over uh, the 100 that are discussed in this book, Making Money with Music. Um, So today in episode three, we're going to be talking about our first income stream. I'm super excited for that. Um, So there's a lot of revenue streams based off of your persona. And so we're kind of going to focus on that. Um, so in the beginning, I'm going to break down uh, what a persona is. And then um, and then we'll just go from there. Awesome. I'm so excited to get started. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. So a persona is defined as the aspect of someone's character that is presented to or perceived by others. So the authors of Making Money with Music stress that if you keep changing your persona, it will just confuse people about who you are and make it harder to um, attract fans to you and your music. So your persona is reflected through your expressions such as your music, how you look, uh, imagery, your story, the tone of how you speak, Um, and of your content, um, your attitude, and more. The best personas are aligned with the music, but aren't limited to music alone. So a well-crafted persona um, encompasses everything you do. Uh, So it contains your your brand, essentially. Um, And often the most Successful music businesses are also lifestyle brands that expand into clothing lines or non-musical items. Just a side note there. All right, so now I'm going to go into the 10 qualities that your persona should have. So the first one is accuracy. Your persona should give people a clear sense of what you are and what your music is about. Um, the next thing is impact. Your persona should convey its message quickly and easily, but also, uh, but also be memorable. Um, so your graphics, so the image should represent you at a glance, um, and then your appearance on and off stage should, uh, express your concept. So the more impactful your logo, tagline, and other elements are, the more likely your fans are to buy your branded merch. The third quality uh, your persona should have is repetition. Repetition cements your persona in the mind of each person that it meets. The next thing um, is consistency. So because repetition is the key to strengthening your persona. Consistency is absolutely critical. 
changing elements of your persona on a whim often uh, confuses the um, associations that you've built up over time in people's minds. So you want to stay consistent. The next thing is pervasiveness. So to ensure repetition and consistency, brand everything you can. So your websites, albums, videos, uh, social presences, your press kits, posters, and everything else. The next thing is reliability. Uh, a persona is about how your fans relate to you and how they see themselves in what you put out in the world. So it's essential to be relatable. The next thing is likability. Your persona should make people like you or what you do. So I just want to put in a little side note here. Um, even abrasive pers personas can be likable. It's just how you do it. So if that's your brand, I'm not saying you need to change your brand and be the sweetest, most likable person. I'm saying be you and do you. Some people who are, you know, abrasive and strong and, you know, stand for what they stand for are liked because of that. So be who you are um, and you'll find your own clan within that. The next thing is famil familiarity. Um, so if your fans find something familiar within their persona to hook onto, you can generate um, instant connections to people within your audience. The next quality is uh, uniqueness. So a persona that doesn't stand out doesn't get noticed. Remember that. The next thing is emotion. So the best personas can, uh, can evoke feelings, moods, and emotions in others that increase a sense of uh, connection and can create a stronger relationship with your fans. So those are the 10 qualities your persona should have. The next thing I'm going to discuss is um, what you can to what you can do to define your uh, to help you define your persona. Uh, so a good first step is to chronicle your achievements and music history to make it easier to talk about yourself as an artist and the music you make to the press and also your fans. So uh, this chronicle should be kept up to date and it should be used um, to form the basis of future press kits, bios, and stories about yourself. This is not something that is going to be put out to the public. It's strictly for you. It's to help you um, create marketing, publicity, booking, and promotional material to weave your story together and make it easier to talk about what you've accomplished and what you've gotten done. So the elements um, that should go into your chronicle are starting with your music timeline. So you need to capture and write down all the major dates in your music history. Um, for example, when you started making music, when you formed a band, uh, when you released albums, published your videos, 
had major performances um, or started producing your music. The second thing is uh, discography and list of releases. So make a discography with every song, album, EP, and single that you've put out. Keep track of the total number of songs that you've both written and stuff that you've put out. Uh, the next thing is going to be music videos. So you should have a full list of music videos you've released. The next thing is going to be all of your creative projects. So list any creative projects or collaborations that have used your, your music. Um, example, um, other people's videos, films, podcasts, plays, etc. All right, the next thing is publicity. So list out all of the publications, articles, blogs, or other coverage you've gotten for yourself and your music, including any interviews. And then you should have a total number of outlets that have covered you as well. The next thing is going to be um, listing your complete show calendar. So to list all of the performances you've done, and then you should total up the number of uh, performances you've done to show off your stage experience. If it's a low number, that's fine. It's just something you can put out there once it's a higher number. It's just about getting those reps. The next thing is going to be the major venues that you've played at. So list the famous venues that you've played uh, because it's useful for your story uh, and marketing. And you can always incorporate bad stories. Uh, you should be honest and share your um, experience so you know maybe you played at some place you thought it was going to be great and it really wasn't like maybe share that with your fans be open be real the next thing is going to be places you've toured so list all of the countries and cities that you've performed in and keep track of the total number the next thing is going to be each famous person uh, or artist you've worked with list any well-known people that you've worked with um, since these are always um, attention getting in interviews. The next thing is to make a list of awards that you've won. And then um, to also list every organization that you belong to. Uh, so that could be live music or organizations, uh, charities, or any other relevant um, associations. You should also list uh, every artist, band, and producer that you've worked with. Um, because they're part of your story and that can all go on your timeline. The next thing is to list everywhere your music has been played. So radio stations, podcasts, TV, uh, streaming, anywhere else. The next thing is going to be um, to list the instruments you play and the music software you use. So um, you should list this to provide material for more technical or industry-facing press or media interviews. Uh, the next thing that you should write down is the schools or music training programs that you've gone to. And then the last thing is going to be your social media. So you should list your social media presences along with any notable follower, uh, subscriber, or viewer counts. And so at the end of this, you should total up each category of things um, just to make that easier to share. So you can share that total number.
with, um, you know, anybody in an interview or anything like that. Cool. So the first income stream we're going to talk about based off of your persona is crowdfunding. Um, so crowdfunding is a powerful pre-sales mechanism that gets fans involved in your projects. So as I've talked about in previous episodes, you should classify your fans between three levels of spending. Uh, the first one is minimums. Sorry, minnows. They spend the minimum amount of money. The next thing is dolphins, which is like your regular customer. Uh, the third thing is going to be whales, who are your super fans and who have money and who want to spend it on you. So with your crowdfunding, you should create uh, rewards at each spending level. We'll talk about that more later. So the first important aspect of crowdfunding is figuring out who your crowdfunding partner should be. So what website you're going to use. So there are two main types of funding models. There's the all or nothing model like Kickstarter, um, which is you either meet your goal and you get that money, or if you don't meet the goal, you don't get any of it. Uh, so this can be um, an advantage in some cases because you're not required to still get the project done if you don't meet the goal. Um, which would mean like not raising the funds. So if you don't meet the goal and you can't complete the project, you don't have to, uh, which is cool. And then the other type of funding models um, is the flexible funding, such as uh, Indiegogo. So you can choose from all or nothing there or the partially funded, which would mean if you get a partial funding, you at least get that. Um, so this would definitely be cool for certain projects. And if you're really just trying to get some funding, like anything is great. Um, so that would definitely be the choice for you. Uh, I just mentioned the two different ones there. So Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Uh, you can for sure look up other ones. Those were just the main ones that came up in the book. Um, so there are some secondary things you should look into on your own. Um, so definitely think about the fees and platform costs. So each platform will um, have a certain fee or uh, they'll take a percentage. So just keep that in mind. Um, keep in mind the campaign uh, limitations and requirements um, and like the different features that the sites have. So just look into that on your own. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is how to run a successful crowdfunding campaign. So the key to a, a successful crowdfunding campaign is to organize the campaign to maximize fundraising. Um, campaigns that utilize the steps I'm about to talk about um, are often able to get past their first goal and they can even go into higher stretch goals, uh, which can bring you more money. So if you take this seriously and you follow all these steps, you could potentially be raising more money than your original goal was. Um, so here are the steps. The first step is to choose the project you're going to have funded, whether that's an album, a video, a, you know, a tour, a home studio, it could literally be anything. Um, that's up to you. And depending on how good your project is, is whether or not people are going to want to support. Um, so try to have something, you know, that's like within your brand and something that you really want to get done, something you're passionate about, something you're actually going to, you know, turn into a really cool 
uh, result for all of your fans. The next step is going to be to choose your crowdfunding platform, which I just discussed previously. Um, the next thing is going to be to choose your funding goal and at least one stretch goal. So don't forget to add in the platform cut or you'll find yourself getting less money than you projected. Um, announce your stretch goal on the first day because it might encourage people to pledge more money. The next step is going to be to shoot a video. So video is the most critical marketing component because videos go viral in a way that no other media does or can. So try to make sure your video is done well um, and it's going to be something that's shareable and something that you can actually see going viral. Uh, the next step is going to be to make a list of promoters. Um, so I'll definitely go more into depth uh, in this in a different episode. I'll go into a uh, marketing episode where we'll talk about um, contacts and stuff like that. But it's definitely good to make a list of people that you work with or people that you talk to that are going to be able to help you push this. Um, the next thing is going to be to plan your rewards, and we'll discuss this um, in the next part of this episode. Uh, the next step is going to be to get um, initial backers. So you should make a list of people you know will donate on the first day, and you should get their promise um, that they are going to contribute before it starts. So why do you want to do this? Because people are more likely to join in to uh, a project that they think is going to be successful. So your goal is to trigger this psychological reaction by using your um, initial backers in the first couple of days. So we'll talk about this more. Uh, but the next step is going to be to choose your start date and your end date. So um, studies show that most funding happens at the beginning and the end of a fundraising campaign. And four-week campaigns tend to do the best. So plan, um, plan according to that. Um, another thing to note is that make sure that your end date doesn't fall on a holiday or a time where people would be less likely to pitch in. Uh, whatever's more convenient for the people around you is definitely best. The next step is going to be to do your soft, your soft launch on a Monday or Tuesday. So this is the point where you're going to ask those um, initial backers to actually contribute. And you're going to hold off on um, announcing it to your fans. You're just going to get these uh, people to um, back your project first, which will kind of... Uh, provide social proof that you already have people who are willing to uh, contribute money to your cause. Uh, yep, so soft launch on Monday or Tuesday, probably Monday, to give um, your initial backers two days. And then on Wednesday, the next step is we're going to do the kickoff for the um, official launch on Wednesday in the afternoon. So research shows that Wednesday afternoons are when people reshare the most on social media because they're taking a break from work or from school, whatever. Um, so you need to make sure your video is ready to be shared. So what you're going to do is you're going to post your video and um, announce it on all of your social media. And then you're going to ask any uh, promoters, you know, 
um, initial backers and any other media that you know that has an audience to share it on that same Wednesday. So you're really going to get this big push on that day. Um, the next step is once it's running, you're going to make um, announcements at the right points. So um, announcements can reach new backers, but they're also aimed at uh, convincing existing backers to contribute more and to kind of go into a higher uh, reward level. So when to make announcements. So there should be one at the beginning, middle, and end um, of the campaign, but at a standard you should have at least one update um, every week. You should also um, announce whenever you're close to your main goal or if you end up being close uh, to a stretch goal to encourage um, new backers or to encourage more support from existing backers. Um, the next time to announce is going to be when you uh, achieve the goal. Uh, yeah, when you achieve your main goal. So you should celebrate uh, this milestone and then you should um, announce the next stretch goal. And then if you reach that goal, then celebrate the milestone and then uh, announce the next stretch goal after that. Um, you should uh, announce when you've gained a high profile backer or um, notable media coverage. And then you should make um, an announcement on the last few days to encourage final contributions. And then the last time is to make um, an announcement when the campaign has ended. So if you're having um, a lot of activity on your fundraiser, keep the um, announcements to no more than once every few days, uh, unless there's something specifically noteworthy because you don't want to overwhelm people. All right, and then at the end of the uh, campaign, you're going to send out the last uh, announcement. Um, and then if you've made it through your funding goal, I want you to make sure you're going to follow through. So every person who backed you now feels like they are a part of your project. So they will want to hear your progress and see the final result. You know, they want to see what they actually helped you make. Um, I also just want to throw this in there that crowdfunding campaigns are taxable income and should be, uh, reported to the government. I'll definitely have a taxing episode later, but that's going to be down the road. So next we're going to talk about choosing the right rewards for your crowdfunding campaign. So you'll want low end, uh, rewards to lure, to lure in, um, minnows and get people to participate. And then you'll also want to uh, provide higher end uh, rewards for whales and higher paying customers. So the first reward should be the $1 reward to hook people who are casually interested. So once you get people that are hooked, uh, with each update you send, you'll be able to try to upsell them to a higher reward, or maybe they'll share the campaign with your friends. So a good example of a $1 reward would be a downloadable single.
The next side is going to be the $10 reward. So this is the perfect price point for a downloadable digital album. So try to include extras, maybe like picture um, or a music video uh, or an extra song. So it's a little different than what they would get if they were just to purchase your album elsewhere. The next thing you're going to want to do is set your $25 reward. So data shows that the $25 um, reward is the most common pledge. So you want to offer um, a variety of things here uh, to really capture this special price point. So this is the first level you can really consider non digital items. So you can have the option to maybe send them merch or something like that. Um, and then you can have two different options so they can choose between two different things. So you could have the physical thing, you could mail them as well as um, a digital equivalent, something of a $25 value that you could send them um, immediately so they can have that option as well. So you can say, hey, I'll send you this, you have to wait for it or you can get this thing right now. Um, and it's up to you what you want to push. Uh, the book definitely talks about pushing them towards the non-physical things. So you don't have to worry about shipping and all that. But you know, if you have a ton of shirts or if you really wanted to sell some shirt or not sell, but like if you really wanted to give out merch and have people wearing your stuff, then do it. Um, and then after that, it's kind of up to you but you should set um, rewards that are going to be greater than $25. So I would create a few more tiers ranging from higher than 25 up to like $500. Um, and then the options are endless in terms of rewards for that. But so here are some of my uh, I ideas. So uh, you could give them um, previous albums or uh, rarities from your back catalog. You could send special CDs, vinyls, USBs. You could add their name uh, to liner notes. Um, you could you could give your pant your fans some power, uh, and let them vote on um, album art. You could have like uh, a like pre selected choice of three or four things and have them all vote. That'd be kind of cool. Um, you And then for some of the higher uh, price things, you could do uh, backstage access, uh, VIP pass, uh, hanging out with the band or a house concert. Um, I do want to make a note here to not overcommit yourself, but definitely offer interesting rewards that are going um, to make people want to invest and support you and things that they really think they can't get from other artists, you know, but make it unique to you as well. Um, and then basically with the uh, rewards, you can research other um, campaigns for different ideas and see what worked well for um, other uh, crowdfunding campaigns and what didn't um, to really figure out what you should do or what you shouldn't do. Um, and then just the last little note is uh, clever names for each like tier can really be like the final sell. So just, you know, if you're a clever person, for sure, lean into that. Uh, be you, have, 
have fun with it. Um, and as always, you guys can ask me um, any questions. You can reach out to me uh, directly below. You can leave a comment um, for the podcast. You can hit me up on social media um, at our boss management. Um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. I was so excited to share the first um, income stream with you. So this is the first out of more than a hundred. I want to just uh, make that clear. Um, yeah, if there's anything that you want covered, if you have any further questions, please hit me up. Um, let me know. And I'm always happy to help. Um, I DM people all the time who ask me random questions about, oh, I'm putting out music. Can you help me with a plan? Blah, blah, blah. I send them like, uh, templates and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm more than happy to help you out. Uh, and if you're l listening to this, thank you so much. Um, if you have, uh, subscribed to this, thank you. Um, it's just going to get better as it keeps going. Um, yeah, that's all I got for this episode. So, uh, Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you guys next week. Be safe. Peace. Tell me why you gotta leave me down. But I'm getting through these tough times when you're not around. Like a rose coming up front of ground. Front of ground, yeah. Front of ground, yeah. Tell me why you gotta leave me down. I'd rather die trying than die in that desk at a nine to five. Blow my brains out before I get one of them.